It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your Heather host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bragg. And wet, hot alien summer to summer abduction is back. And it's about to get hotter than ever. Yeah. Because we have one of your favorite recurring guests here to read some listener stories from you. And if you have a story of high strangeness that has happened to you or somebody you know, we want you to write in to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. And guess what, guys? We need your UFO stories. Before the summer's over, send us your UFO stories. Some of these get into alien territory today. Yeah. But mostly we're just dealing with some ghosts. Even if you have to make something up, just email us, send it in. Sure. Hoax and lie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll do a hoax and lies elf file story. Guys, we can't leave her hanging. Uh, let's bring in our uh, one of our favorite guests of all time. The godmother. Back, mm-hmm. Comedian author and bcc godmother mm-hmm. jen kirkman Woo! thank you fellas i'm happy to be here oh Man. jen we haven't it's i mean it's been a few months since you've been on i think so yeah how's your wet hot alien summer two summer abduction treating you <laughs> well you know i haven't been abducted but i've been really busy you know i've been uh vaccinated and going places so maybe maybe i need to stay put more so they can come get me. They can no. find you wherever they want. Yeah, That's they can pull you out of any room, any place, any time. So you just go and do you, girl. Yeah, don't worry. They'll find you. They'll find oh, you. Well, then I'm disappointed because that was the reason I had for not being abducted yet was like, they're they're looking for me just where I live. So you're actually making me feel worse. <laughs> she um, was supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but otherwise, yeah, hot summer's going well. And, uh, you know, I, I really, uh, I'm looking out for UFOs. I'm excited about all of the reports. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's hard to see stuff in the sky in Los Angeles. We've got that light pollution. So... I can't say I've seen anything, but who knows? Maybe it's there anyway, and I just can't see it. I think yeah. it's invisible. Uh, one of our readers sent us a uh, video of, like, this triangular UFO that was flying over China uh, last month or recently. And it just looked like a uh, sort of a shadow craft hanging up mm. in, in, the, oh. in, in outer space. If I can, I'll put a link in the show notes to this, but... Um, so I, that's what I always think is that they're like hanging out there behind a cloud or they're just invisible. They're yeah. just walking. Yeah. Most of the stuff, my, most of the stuff I've seen have been in the daytime. I'll just be like, it used to be when I would smoke weed and just stare at the fucking sky. So yeah, I've seen a lot true. less UFOs these days, uh, <laughs> since I'm smoking, well, no weed. Uh, but I would always just, when I would stare and then you'd, and you'd finally fixate on like some point in the sky It'd be like a little like silver ball or like a little white orb type thing. And it would just start lazily moving around the sky. And you'd be like, wait a minute. And then you just start eliminating 
Could that be a plane? Could that be a mylar balloon? Could that be a satellite? And then once you eliminated all those, you're like, oh man, I think I'm, I think I'm seeing something a little out of the ordinary here. But that that's the difference between you and everybody else, Bryce. Is we all know you will you will never you will never uh, you'll immediately eliminate balloon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. I go right to you. Given. Not a given. Yeah. 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 Starting. It's point. not a balloon. That's. I mean, honestly, I showed why these that guys a, a UFO at our UFO con. Uh, what was a contact in the desert, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, there's one right there." And Michael just wasn't having it. Had to rain on my UFO parade. That was definitely a balloon, though. Riley, <laughs> <Like>, stop it. <laughs> like, um, I, unquestionably. Shirts. Let's Wait a minute. Say, what if it's a UFO made out of a balloon? That's Thank it. You. The perfect cover. It. It's an alien spacecraft made out of a balloon is what I mean. Yes. So. It's yeah, yeah. just a little alien tied to the string and he's <laughs> yep. floating around. You guys don't know where that balloon came from. Yeah, yeah they're, they're presenting sure, themselves from... in a form that our minds can understand, which is a balloon. That's right. Yeah. Right. They're like right. children. So it's like learning. a birthday clown. Yeah. You're learning, Riley. Um, I was going to say we should have a T-shirt that says it's a balloon or a T-shirt that says it's not a balloon. And, and see which one sells like, more. Yeah. Yeah, see, exactly. Um, speaking of merch and shirts, uh, I got my Popsicle Bigfoot shirt on right now. Yeah. Um, head over to the merch shop at wearecampfire.media. Click that shop button. We got a bunch of stuff for you out there this summer. Or you can click the link tree in our Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club or it uh, on our Twitter at Bigfoot Pod. Um, guys, we are getting closer than ever before to those 1,000 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Ah. We have 736 as of this recording, and once we hit that magic number of 1,000, we will record and possibly film some of the BCC Jet Ski Special, of course of which Jen Kirkman is officially invited to join us for the Jet Ski Special. Nice. Mm -hmm. If she can Mm -hmm. make it, She'll, she might make a, a surprise, but you were officially invited. To but when is it? Where is it? Well, it depends. Yeah. It depends on if we get those thousand reviews, but yeah. it'll, it'll be up at Shaver Lake. There will be jet skis. We will ride them. We'll oh, be- I, I won't, but I'll go to the lake. <laughs> All right, there you go. Great. Yeah. Riley's got we'll a record podcast. Yeah, oh, I, got, I, got a, I got a guy. Yeah. This, this has to happen. I'd like to go on a little vacation like that. Guys, yeah. See? Write Come a five-star review so Jen can go to Shaver Lake with us. Come on. And guys, that's what I... Guess what I discovered when I was perusing through these? You can just hit five stars and not even write a review. Wow. So, like, I mm. mean, I don't want to encourage you guys not saying nice things about us, but, like, it's real easy. Just scroll. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just scroll down, click rate, rate, review, click five stars and send it off. So those um, count. Yeah. And How and about, those- and this, I, I, I am, a, you know, a professional writer, and so I will give you what you should write in, on the review. Uh, just write... This show is better than a balloon. Just write that. <laughs> Five stars. Good. There you go. Yeah, perfect. That's, that's why she's a pro. Um, I do want to thank all of you guys who've been writing in and talking about the jet ski special uh, in the reviews, which is pretty great. And uh, I sent this one over to the guys uh, earlier this week. One of you really knows how to get their review read on the air. And this is what it is. Hidden agenda and obviously political. This is written by Don't Trust Michael 420. <laughs> These three individuals discuss the paranormal and anything highly strange, but their jokes about jet skis and the unknown whilst using and the unknown whilst using vulgarity is an obvious plot to shift the weak minds of their quote unquote fans. 
The one host, Michael, is especially suspicious. But alas, I like his singing, and Riley Bray has a nice voice, too. So five stars, I guess. Kisses, you sneaky devils, you. There you go. That's Love good. it. That's perfect. perfect. There you go. Wonderful. Um, and Bryce was left out of that review, but he will not be left out of the BCC Jet Ski Special if we also That's get right. 1,000 uh, patrons over on the Patreon, where if that happens... When the jet ski special happens, Bryce will be riding that jet ski naked, and we will post a video of it on the Patreon. That's right. That's exactly right. You're getting ripped, by the way. Let's Jen see those guns. <laughs> look, look, Bryce is wow. really working out. Whoa. Getting ready for my jet ski special. Damn, no kidding, yeah. Bryce. I should Looking mention, for you, buddy. if you are on the Patreon, BCC, the other side, you could be watching this episode right now. Um, so get on over there. Uh, bi- uh, Patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Okay. Let's get into the show Let's now. Uh, Jen, before we get into something spooky that happened to you when you went back to the East Coast, and I'm so excited. This is why I want to have you back. Just It's a bonus of having you back. Uh, Riley, get ready because we have some... <laughs> Jen had to pull her earphone out of her ear on that one. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, This one is just a little quickie, but I thought it was cool and relevant. Uh, This is from the Clarion Ledger in uh, Mississippi. Mm. And this reads, we're not alone. Why these folks from Mississippi, Alabama aren't mississippi and alabama i forgot that um i learned this in journalism class like you don't write and in a headline it's just a comma so when i was reading it now it read like mississippi alabama (laughs) Uh, mississippi alabama are not buying into ufo report Hmm. um now bryce what famous or famed maybe you know this off the top of your head pascagoula there you go. And which survivor of the Pascagoulian alien abduction is still alive? Oh, my God. Is it? Why, the two names I'm thinking of are Calvin and Parker. Is that one name? Uh, that is one name, and you have hit it right on the head. I thought wow. this was interesting. Hmm. The man who was abducted by the Pascagoula aliens himself is calling bullshit on all of this. What? Uh, well, oh, he okay. Says, he's, he, he says, I just like to have some kind of answer before I die, and that's not a long ways away, but I don't think we're going to get it from Congress or the Department of Defense. No way. An anticipated preliminary report from the federal government was recently released on UFOs encountered by military personnel dating back to 2004. And its contents, or lack thereof, has some Mississippians upset. While the report doesn't deny some maybe extraterrestrial life forms traveling to Earth, it doesn't offer that as a possible explanation either. I don't believe they're being straight up, Calvin Parker of Moss Point said. The Department of Defense could come a little cleaner about what they've got. I just really believe there's more out there than what they're saying. Parker was one of history's most famous UFO cases. He, along with now deceased Charles Hickson, Mm. claimed that they were abducted by aliens on the night of October 11th, 1973, while fishing from a bank of the Pascagoula River. The two said they were levitated by aliens into a football-shaped craft, examined, and then released. So there you go. That's just a little quick one. Um, I thought that was cool that he chimed in. 
because it's rare that you get to hear from people who are actually abducted by aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as famous as that case. Uh, That's incredible. That's Jen. That's where the aliens that abducted him looked like uh, sort of fresh organic carrots. (laughs) Gray carrots. (laughs) Yeah. They had little carrot arms with little carrot hairs sticking out of them. It's just so strange. I feel Uh, like if anyone has, I mean, I know he's disappointed that the government's not saying anymore, but I mean, they're not going to say any more than he's experienced. Like, no, that's right. You know, that's right. He won the lottery in terms of getting to know something if, if it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I think the only, you know, there is no closure. I don't feel in the, in the UFO abduction phenomena, not for the people who research it like John Mack and, and certainly not for the experiencers who experience it. Correct. I mean, you know, we're all, we're all, we, we, you need answers to have closure and we just do not have those. No, we're not going to get closure. No. Let it, let the mystery be yeah. the closure. Let alone disclosure. So good luck. Oh, shit. Yeah. How, about, how about this? You don't need disclosure to get closure. Oh, mm. I like Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, it's up Fire. to you. It's up to I you. It. It's up to you. <laughs> Jen, are you doing your taxes while we're doing this? No, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I just I wrote it. myself a note. But I will say I'm trying to print this story you sent me. And my it printer's is, being weird. So well, I'm going to have to read it off my computer. That's okay. I'm going to have to read it off my computer. No, you make us seem very litigious. I like it. Like we're working very hard over here at at BCC. Yeah, I'm gathering my notes. Jen is also our paralegal. So (laughs) you guys were late on your taxes since July now. So, (laughs) Um, All right. Well, let's get into it um, as I adjust my lighting here. Jen. Yes. What happened to you this summer? Well, if you guys want to hear a ghost story, yes, that is so boring, you'll die. <laughs> I've got one. Great. You'll become a ghost. Actually, you've told me this story, and I think you give yourself less credit uh, than than you should, because it's a good. I think it's a good one. Okay, well, I'll let people decide for themselves. It's one of those classic. You had to be there. It was definitely something spiritual. And I don't need it to be a ghost for it to have been very strange. So I will tell you this uh, factoids up front because I'm going to refer to them in the story. And it'll be easier if I just get them out of the way. Uh, I've talked in previous episodes about my uh, Nana who died 12 years ago. We were pretty close. She was 99. She'd been dead for days. We've already talked about this on past episodes. I had dreams about her. Didn't know she was dead. Very freaky. Lots of connection there. When we went to clean out her house uh, after her funeral, her doorbell that had been broken forever wouldn't stop ringing. She's kind of a prankster in that way. Okay, great. So uh, just keep that in mind. So I am fully vaxxed. It is April and I go back to Massachusetts to visit my family. Uh, My sister who lives in a country suburb in Massachusetts has a lot of land. She has horses and we, my other sister, two sisters and my parents and myself all sequestered in her house for the week to hang out. We were all vaccinated. Now there's three bedrooms and there needs to be four for us all to sleep comfortably. So I usually (laughs) stay in a hotel, but I thought I don't want to stay in a hotel, even though I'm vaccinated. What if 
I catch it at the hotel, asymptomatic, bring it back to my family and kill them. Let's not, I'll just stay in her house. So my sister has a uh, bottom floor uh, of her house and she's got this little office room and she took a blow up bed and made a little bed for me. And it was so cute. Anyway, um, I'm underneath a bedroom in the house that I think is, has a little bit of a haunted vibe. Um, I, in general, don't like going upstairs alone when I'm at her house. Um, but I'm kind of neurotic and I freak myself out whenever I go upstairs in anyone's house alone. And you know remind I mean? me, is there any haunted stories at this house or anything associated with the house? Yes, they all listen. Here's the thing. This is this is why I asked if the episode is just Patreon or just public. Listen, I'm into ghosts and UFOs like the next person, but I'm the only one in my family in therapy. And um, I'm the only one that hasn't seen a ghost. And I'm just going to throw that out there that I think there's do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've been in therapy for 10 years and I still see ghosts. That's okay. That's that's okay. I'm not saying people who see ghosts, it, it's not an, it doesn't go the other way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like square <laughs> is a rectangle, rectangle isn't a square kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. It's yeah, yeah. kind of like, I do think people in my family see what they want to see. I think they process feelings through visions. Uh, it's not bad. It's not inferior to therapy. It's just, it is what it is. Okay. So yes, there's been hauntings. There's been things. Uh, none of it's happened to me. I just get a creepy feeling when I walk upstairs. Colonial stuff, as I remember people. Yeah, yeah. Colonial figures walking so, yes. around. So, okay. okay. So my sister lives in an old house, uh, but it was like the only part of the house that was old was the kitchen. Uh, it was a tiny, tiny little house. And then they built it. She and her ex-husband built it from the ground up 20 years ago. So it's fairly new, but she lives literally walking distance, I'd say, across the street from a graveyard. Is what I'm talking about. Nice touch. Colo- colonial graveyard. Now, okay, so um, I'll get to my ghost story in a second, but my sister lives alone, and my niece, who is not her daughter, it's my other sister's daughter, was in nursing school. She didn't have any money. She wanted to live somewhere for free, stayed with my sister for a while. Now, my niece, uh, you know, up late studying. Look, sure. She- we're not putting any judgment on people who may or may not have seen ghosts. We just, we do this all the time. We hear the stories. All right, and I'll tell you the stories, you, but I'm you just saying. You just haven't seen it for yourself. That's all we know. Uh, sure, okay. So my niece claims one night she was driving home from something late at night, and uh, my sister has a barn where the horses are. Listen, it creeps me out. I'm a city girl. I don't like quiet things with barns and graveyards. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, inherently <laughs> spooky already. But my niece is driving down the driveway, and her headlights she sees people in colonial outfits standing in front of my sister's barn, middle of the night. Now, again, my sister doesn't have neighbors. There's no reason they'd be dressed in colonial gear. Mm. Uh, my niece sees that. She runs inside and is like, F this S. Fuck this shit. Now, the colonial ghosts were right outside my sister's house. Um, they, were, they were right near the window of the room I was staying in. Again, she saw them 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? I'm just setting the story that the... Uh, that the area outside the window of the room I was staying in has people have seen things there. Yeah. That's where they loiter outdoor ghosts. Okay. So my niece, Allison lived in the bedroom, which was above the small den I was staying in, not at the time, but I'm saying in the past. 
Uh, so she doesn't like that bedroom, nor does she like the room right under it. Because when she'd be in her bedroom, she would look outside sometimes and she would see those damn colonial people again. Oh, no, no, no. They like to loiter outside the window of the den. Is, is there is there like a body of water nearby or anything like a little river tributary? Yes. Yes, right across yeah. the street where the graveyard is, there is a rolling river. Why? Well, that's a perfect storm. Yeah, what? I mean, it, that's so it's stone tape theory. In other words, uh, water can record sort of places in time and history, almost like a like a like film. And so, you know, if I if you're seeing colonial figures, I don't know. It's like something left an impression there. And wait, okay. I've, I've never heard this theory. I mean, that's we've amazing. Talked, we've talked about how wherever yeah. there's a body of natural body of water, uh, that there tend to be there tends to be paranormal activity or even Bigfoot sightings. Now, some of that stuff you could be like, well, Bigfoot needs to drink some water. But Linda S. Godfrey talks about this in her books that there mm. there seems to be a correlation between water and paranormal activity orbs yeah. and all that. But I didn't I never knew it was because like the river is like a film strip. Yeah, I've, I think I've talked about this on the show. It's a theory, like I said, it's called the stone tape theory. In other words, uh, and it can work on stones as well, but uh, that these sort of bodies of water and, and, and even stones can actually, you know, hold information uh, like, like crystals in Lemuria. But anyway, yeah. this, this information can sort of replay itself back to, uh, you know, the person who has eyes to see. But what would would they be the the well and of course the graveyard is a giant stone wall mm. an entire street long with a rolling river through it but there it's not go. it's not where they saw the ghost though Yeah no I know but it 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 can actually I know right but it's it's near or close enough uh Okay so I mean I don't know how this information presents itself but but I'm pretty sure you know uh people who are observing it Listen, I'll, it's the perfect storm, like Riley said. You've got that yeah. that river, the the stone, the graveyard. So, yeah. and it ju- it's the colonial thing, right? It's like, oh, this is a place in time and history that people are seeing. It's not just some like, you know, rando ghost who likes to dress up. It seems to be some sort of, you know, leftover image processing. So, you think she's actually the people who are claiming to see this might be actually looking at an imprint of something from time, not the souls of the dead that have risen from the graveyard. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now that makes more sense to me than anything else, Mm. even though that's outrageous sounding like very, not not in a bad way, but like the the river being a ghost hologram machine. Way more reasonable than ghosts (laughs) are coming out of the graves. Obviously souls of the dead. Right. Right. Well, You know why? Because of the the clothing thing always throws me off. And so that I I get seeing an imprint, you know? Uh, So there you go. Okay. So again, this is not my ghost story. This is just the setup. So I go stay at my sister's and uh, you know, when no one's talking about ghosts, my niece isn't there, my two sisters there, my parents. And uh, the first night I'm there, my sister shuts the curtains and my family tucks me in like I'm a little kid because I'm the Aww. baby of the family. And it was real cute. And my mother, I go, mom, give me one of your creepy prayers. And she says some weird prayer that's like, you know, but she's doing it on purpose to be funny. And, uh, you know, but the curtains are shut. I go to sleep and my sister said, you better keep those curtains shut because, you know, Allison, our niece, thinks that there's colonial people that look in the windows at night. I go, oh, well, I don't believe in that, so it's not going to happen. So I go to sleep. I wake up the next day. Nothing happened. Uh, next night, uh, I go to bed, and I'm laying in bed, and 
nobody did their their protective prayer over me or anything like that. Um, my parents are in bed fast asleep. My sisters are in their bedrooms and my sisters and I are all texting each other, um, <laughs> about, uh, my, th- we're sending each other pictures from my Nana's funeral, uh, which was 12 years ago. Um, the reason we're texting pictures of that is nothing to do with remembering my Nana, but it was just that there was this woman there in a all pink feather and leather and fur outfit. Wow. And we never knew who that woman was at my Nana's funeral. And it, and it came up in my sister's Facebook feed. And she's like, remember this weird woman? And we were just making jokes about the woman in pink. It was, it was not anything more than that. It was let not. Let me ask you this, Jen. Yeah. yeah. Was there a river near that wedding? <laughs> my Nana's funeral, funeral was not a wedding. Okay, um, fair enough. Well, she was. But now I know what you think of when you hear about death you think of marriage um no no i'm kidding but i know there was uh no water as far as i can remember um anyway so we're just joking about that and anyway no one was talking about ghosts or anything like that and i turned out the light and i noticed that the curtains were open we'd forgotten to shut the curtains that and i'm and i laughed to myself thinking no one if anything i'm afraid of like a murderer looking in you know like someone with a chainsaw. Um, and I left them open because, you know, I like the sun to wake me up. So I was like, I just noted it. I was like, Oh, weird. So I'm laying there with my eyes shut and it's about a half an hour has gone by. And all of a sudden I feel something on the bed and it's my sister's cat that had been asleep and it's kind of like sitting up. And I look at it and it's like staring off. And I'm like, no, 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 do not, do not. Bad and kitty. I just, no. I just shut my eyes. And then I hear this. It is so loud. It is knuckles on. Uh, it's not the front door and it's not quite the window of the room I'm in, but it's right next to the window of the room I'm in on the outside. It's this. <laughs> That's it. I know if I look out the window, I might don't look and I don't look. Not good. You look? Uh-huh. Now the, the thing that is supernatural to me, and there's more to this story. The thing if that you is supernatural. You yes. The thing that is supernatural to me was an instinct that had come over me mm-hmm. that was different than if you're walking down a dark alley and something says run or turn around or, you know, w- don't use that. ATM that's, you know, whatever, where the light's broken. Like it wasn't smart, street smart intuition. It was almost this terror with a little bit of like uh, divine intervention, which was like, don't go to the evil. Like, don't look. That's that sixth sense. Yeah, don't look. And so I just kind of put the covers over my head and didn't look. All of a sudden, I hear everybody upstairs go, what was that? The entire family heard it. My dad comes downstairs. He goes, well, who's that? Was someone at the door? I go, no. And my sister Gail comes down to eat cereal. I can hear my sister. My sister Linda texted me. What was that? We all heard it. And it was just one of those. You had to be there. It was very organic. No one was pranking anyone. Everyone was remarking on how b- bizarre the knock, knock, knock was. Now there's no heater on. This is warm springtime. There's cats, but 
every cat was accounted for. Like it was just knuckle. I mean, we all said that was knuckles on whatever. Mm. So I was like, my sister came down and they shut the curtains for me. And anyway, I didn't love it. But the next day, um, my sister was like, oh my God, I realized why that woman in pink's picture came up on my Facebook memories. Cause yesterday was Nana's funeral. The day we buried her. Um, so that night was when we heard the three knocks. The whole family was together. She's a little bit of a prankster. Wow. Maybe it was Nana being like, hello, why are you guys texting about my funeral without realizing it was fucking 12 years ago tonight that you put me in the goddamn ground? You know, like, <laughs> wow. So I kind of think it was Nana. Um, my niece then came over to visit and I told her and she's like, I don't even want to hear like she was like having PTSD. She was like, I just not even a funny story. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> She's like, I don't even want to go in that room. I hate that area outside. Like she wouldn't even park her car in the daytime, like in that part of the room. She's like, it was the colonial things. So, you know, I shut my curtains every night after that. We never heard it again. Um, except two nights later, my sister uh, has like a water bowl for her cat in her bathroom. And it made this crazy, like, whoa, whoa, whoa sound because the cat hit it. And it was a different sound than we had heard, but it, it was like a big noise in the middle of the night. And uh, we all woke up and we were all like, for God's sakes, like we were so annoyed. <laughs> and uh, my sister was like, it was the cat. Sorry. And we were just like, at that point, we were scared that maybe someone well, like the way we thought about it was, is someone outside looking yeah, in, you know, oh, because you guys are on edge. You know, my sister doesn't have an alarm system, you know, it's like you could just break the window and come in. And so, you know, I think people probably think, I don't know, you see a lot of cars outside. I don't know. To me, I don't like staying there because I get afraid of murders. So that's my ghost story. I just didn't love it. But I don't believe in all this colonial stuff until you just said what you said. You know, you know what, you know what Jen needs to bring back next time, Michael, you know what I was thinking of? Uh, remember the window tapper from Matt Cook's episode? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's a gag you can get, Jen, where it suction cups to your window, and it's this creepy guy in a hood, and <gasps> he's got this finger, and it just taps the window like this: tap, 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 and it's it's great for pranks. You should bring that to your to your home next time, and just oh, I will the sh- piss out of everybody. Oh my god, that sounds now. Yeah, I would do that. Creepy. Get a little colonial wig for it. That's a great story. Now, the thing is, the next night, the cats were all in my little room. There's like three of them, and they were all staring at that goddamn window. You know know what I love about that story is is when you said something triggered in your mind, if you look, you will see. You know what I mean? And it's almost as if it's like your mind would have, would have put something in that window. That's why I think there's such a relationship between the observer and the phenomenon. I've experienced that too. Whereas like, you know, if you, Oh yeah, that's the Ah! window tapper. (laughs) And that, and he, and his little finger goes tap, tap, tap on the window. Amazing. You put that on there at 3am and you should get a nice rise out of the house. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. It's almost as this, I guess what I'm thinking of, is there was probably nothing there. Had you looked there with your eyes, there would have been something there. It would have been mm-hmm. an interplay with your conscious and the phenomenon, yep. and something would have appeared. I totally agree. 
A hundred percent. It's so wild. Wait, but if it was grandma then though, then then you kind of like left her hanging, right? That's okay. Okay, if, yeah, fair. That's a risk we're willing was, to take. Yeah. What if grandma was like mooning you? you know <laughs> She's I mean? like, check it out, Jen. Like, come on, turn around. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that would have been funny at least. I, I, I knew even if it was her, I don't think it was like physically her. I think she was me. This is what my, now my sister and my niece um, came up with this. And the way they were talking about it, you'd think you were watching two scientists who just like invented something real. They're like, that's it. That's brilliant. And I'm like, you two should never talk about this in public. Like you both sound crazy. My sister, and my niece were like, it was Nana, but she asked the colonial ghosts to tap for her. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I don't know what, what their reason was like, she can't appear because she's, never really spent a lot of time at that house. So she right. let them know. And I'm like, and they're manifest. like, that makes total sense. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. No, you it freaks. Doesn't. No. Go to therapy, everybody. It's like a ghost Western union kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she, she got a cameo and hired them. to. <laughs> so I don't That's mean good. to be like total negs about my ghost story, but I mean, it was weird. I didn't feel, I, I felt it. super I, I think it's a good one, Jen. Mm-hmm. It's pretty and you, good. And, and you just gotta like, no one's gonna just tell the story as is. Yeah, still, I know. Still Creepy. to this day, still to this day, I'll do it tonight. I have a little shade in my bedroom, and if and if there's that much, and if it's that far above the glass pane, and I can see that, I close it. Oh yeah, I don't want to see that much glass pane to oh, the outside yeah. world. And if the closet isn't that close all the way, I close it before I go to bed. Because if you drawn, look, you will see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And hell no. Yeah, no. You gotta draw those drapes and avoid the grays. Yeah, no. (laughs) The grays, that's right. Okay, all right. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna have some listener stories that are similar to the ones that Jen told us. Ghost stories from our dear Club Scouts and more. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Bryce here. Look, I know you know that I know you know that I love all things strange especially elusive North American wood apes who shall remain nameless. Bigfoot. It, it's Bigfoot. But did you also know that I created and developed a hilarious new party game called Dirty Picture Cover-Up? You see, the idea came to me when I was in high school, and I had to cover up all the dirty drawings my friends would draw in my yearbook so that I could show it to my parents without having them realize just what a bunch of degenerates my friends were. And believe me, They were. It was then that I realized that not only is it fun to draw dirty pictures, but it's even more fun to cover them up and turn them into something not dirty. And so, Dirty Picture Cover-Up, or DPCU, was born. The game is simple. Draw a dirty picture, cover it up, be judged, win. And as a way to say thanks for supporting, I'm offering our listeners a 15% discount by using the promo code BIGFOOT. Okay, fine. I'm obsessed with Bigfoot, and you'll be obsessed with DPCU. To get yours, just head over to thedpcugame.com. That's thedpcugame.com, and get yours today. All right, we're back with Jen Kirkman, and it's time to dig into this big old bag of L files. Uh, We're going to start with actually sort of a follow-up. Um, this is somebody wrote in who, uh, had a response to, um, 
something that we talked about in our Bud Hopkins episode with Aaron Sagers. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just going to upfront say, I think this, I think this listener might have been confusing Bud and Aaron. I get it. That's what happens when you have an episode that's got just two men's names as the title. <laughs> uh, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe I'm forgetting something here. But um, I think they're talking about something that uh, Aaron saw, not just Bud. But Riley, let's dig into it. What do you got? All right. Uh, let me get the correct window. There we go. Okay. Uh, the letter is entitled, I saw what Bud Hopkins saw. Excuse me. I literally have drawings of the exact figure described by Bud Hopkins. Not exactly like Bryce's Red Devil, only Bud. Sorry, dude. But yes, oh my God, yes, I have seen it. The deep lines, kind of clownish, but not hard to describe. Really tall. He started first by haunting me in my childhood dreams. Okay, they're definitely talking about Aaron's story, not Bud Hopkins. Right, because he's... He saw yes. a creepy alien, or not creepy alien, but a Halloween clown devil. Yes, right. I yeah. This okay. Good. I thought okay. so. I thought so. Yeah. Keep that in mind as we go on. Keep that in mind. Yes. Okay. Eventually, I started seeing him in what can be described as sleep paralysis, and at, and as an adult, this entity started appearing in reality, especially when I am I would be struggling with mental health. In every encounter, he was always just watching. Ugh. Never tried to talk to me. <laughs> Never like would move. Watch. Literally, I just, just like to watch. watch. And I would always feel him before seeing him. I have always been a skilled lucid dreamer, and he had me too scared to explore this ability. Mm. Dream watcher. Additionally, I was raised in a hyper religious household, so go pray and stop freaking yourself out was the feedback I got growing up. Uh, it's not what you say to a child that's being like, I'm being haunted in my dreams. <laughs> pray no, but you're not praying enough. Just pray harder. Uh, so I stopped talking about it. That's how you keep the dark away, right? LOL. However, I have at least one drawing of the entity from when I was no older than 11. Nothing creepier than that child's drawing of scary entities. Uh, was me trying to show proof to my parents. The drawing is in a storage bin at my parents' house. I'll be sure to retrieve it ASAP for you all. Please do. Uh, the entity is gone now. I was told it was like a parasite that latched onto my energy a long time ago. It was an extremely eye-opening experience. As the explanation came unprovoked from a Native American female who was dating a close friend. There's no way she could have known about him as I, <clears throat> as I had never told anyone. But she saw him, she described him to me, and she also cleared him without me saying one damn word. It's a lucky Mm. meeting. I'm 25 now. It's been seven months and he hasn't come back. I even tried looking for him in my dreams and failed. To me, this confirms he wasn't contrived from my subconscious and projected into a reality, although he can somehow dwell there or feed there. I'm a stable working professional. Your podcast has improved my life. And if you ever want to chit-chat about the wild world of lucid dreaming and astral projection, let me know. My asleep reality is what got me through quarantine. Wow. Um, all right. Cool. Better. Amazing. That's there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Parasitic feeding off the subconscious. I that's I love that. This is a I very mean, Stephen King entity, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Jen's shaking her head. She doesn't like it. Oh, Jen, Sorry, I had to unmute. Uh, I muted so I could eat my you're, candy. You're eating candy. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, this kind of stuff really freaks me out because this stuff I really believe in, in in terms of, you know, uh, 
I, I'm a sufferer sometimes of sleep paralysis. It hasn't happened in a while, but I don't wish it on anyone. Mm. And I and I can't say it's all. It's always been during difficult or not difficult, like big D difficult, but stressful or anxious times in my life or depressed. And I, I can't help but wonder if we have, uh, if it's not just that, but if we have a ability to connect with more supernatural sort of paranormal sure. in the bad way when we're in kind of a bad place. Well, they and I don't I like do. it. So- malevolent spirits if you're into that kind of thing like to come feed on all that negative emotion you know so just 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 the idea too that there can be an interloper in your own dream world that's 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 fucked up and but it's you know i have read about stuff like that it's pretty crazy I've read about it. Uh, there's I've read an about entire it. series called Nightmare on Elm Street that I read. <laughs> Freaky, very Freaky. academic, <laughs> academic, very technical. <laughs> should do a story uh, of high strangeness. Oh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> there's right. nothing creepier yeah. though than like an entity just watching you. I mm-hmm. hate that so no, much. Just you. motionless, yeah. just watching. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's very. Uh... But as actors, right, aren't we always like, look at me, look at me, (laughs) look at what I'm doing, look at me. Finally, an audience. I'm watching, I'm watching. (laughs) God, get on with it. (laughs) That's a great, that's a funny way for people too who are scared at night and think they're being watched to go, maybe it's just a bored ghost who's like, this person ain't doing crap. If I were alive, I'd be doing all kinds of things. <laughs> try a, try your new type, you know, like your type five on it. Yeah, <laughs> just workshops and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right, Jen, why don't you read the first one that uh, I sent over to you, the shorter letter? Okay, great. I'm pulling it up. My printer printed things weirdly, so I'm reading it from my computer. Okay, great. Hi, Bryce, Michael, and Riley. And I'm going to add my name, Jen. (laughs) I have a quick story for you. When I was a tween, my family rented an early 20th century farmhouse that we all agree was haunted. It resembled the Sears catalog woodland model. So I think that it was probably built between 1910 and 1930. All of the bedrooms were upstairs, and that is where most of the activity seemed to happen. My twin sister and I had our own bedroom at the end of the hall. It was what you might call a creepy room. It wasn't anything that could be seen. It just had a very negative energy. There are so many times that I remember just sitting in our room, playing with our Barbies, and being overcome with a feeling that someone was watching us. This dude is visiting different kids. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the feeling being so intense that my sister and I would often just run out of the room whenever it happened. Down the hall in my little sister's closet is where the other activity occurred. Her bedroom had a huge walk-in closet with a hardwood floor. My dad worked third shift at the time, and when we were at school, my dad would often hear footsteps coming from inside the closet, but of course, nobody was in there. All of this was pretty benign as far as hauntings go. However, flash forward to many years later as an adult, my sister revealed a much more intense experience that she'd had in her room. Rather, she viewed it from her room. One night, as she was laying in bed, she watched as a figure who was not a member of our family walked up the stairs. She described it as a young man dressed in overalls and a T-shirt who resembled Billy the Blue Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. (laughs) 
parentheses, we were 90s kids. She said that she doesn't remember if she closed her eyes or hid under her blanket, but she looked away for a moment and the figure disappeared. Although it isn't particularly great to have a childhood fear validated, it is less scary to imagine that it was only the Blue Ranger. When I have a little bit more time, I'll dig up my notes and tell you a haunted library story. Rachel. Thank you, you, Rachel. Listener Rachel, Rachel. also a a Patreon member and um, the librarian who's put together the BCC book list that you can find in our show. Oh, yes. Great. Never want to go. What what book were they talking about? It's it's on that list. Um, How what but what if you looked out and you saw like the Blue Ranger in his Mighty Morphin Power Ranger costume walking up the stairs? That would be (laughs) some real high strangeness. You know what I loved about that story is like, I mean, that has to be a powerful premonition for like two sisters to to feel something or someone watching to leave a room. You're, and then you're both feeling it. You're just like, let's get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's I, I have some, run that's out of so there. many. Ro- yeah, I know that feeling. I've run out of so many rooms. I still do it now. Like, if I feel something in my place. I just God, run. I really hope it happens while we're recording this episode. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> See you, Bolt. You know, I, I, always, I often have the feeling that I need to put my back up against the wall so that nothing can be behind me. That's a big one. And uh, I don't know if I've ever had this sensation at the same time as someone else, but I know that other people that I've grew you know, other people I grew up with have called sisters. Uh, my sisters and I definitely have all had experiences <laughs> in our childhood home where we, we've wanted to run out of the the room that we were in by ourselves, you know, cause we felt a presence. So I know that feeling it's very strange. You can't yeah. tell my freaking myself out or is this real? I don't know. It's, it's real, a, baby. It's real. <laughs> it's always real. Mm-hmm. Real. And real, it's real. Blue. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Bryce, why don't you share your L file story for us? Let's do it. Sounds good. This, this one I picked especially for you. I could tell because right up at the top, mushrooms, aliens, and ghosts. Oh my, the story of Lloyd's Beach. Hello, Scoutmasters and guest Jen Kirkman. Before I get into my tale of strangeness, I've attached a photo for you to ponder before my story potentially persuades your opinion with the power of suggestion. Now I sent you guys this photo and I'm going to put it in... uh... The link of the okay. link to the show notes of this episode. So if you or it'll be in the Instagram if you guys want to check it out. Great. I did check it out before reading this, so I will continue on. Here we go. This story is a bit long and spans over a few years and is a little all over the place, but bear with me here. Time is an illusion. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Not that long out of high school, back in about 2014, I had a soul and mind shattering and reforming experience with psychedelics that led me to seeing a local shaman in my state for the first for my first Reiki session. During the session, with eyes closed, she felt my necklace and a puzzled look fell over her face, which led to her asking, "What is this necklace?" It's the Taurus astrological symbol. I'm sorry, Bryce, I have to interrupt. Is she a droid from Star Wars? (laughs) (laughs) Or from our Zoom chat. Uh, What is this necklace? It's the Taurus astrological symbol, I replied. She gripped it tight and said she was seeing beings with a beautiful people with skin, a beautiful shade of blue, and almost snow white hair as she moved her hand near the necklace. 
As she stood in silence in this position a little longer, she said that she was being shown a cluster of stars. Pleiades, they're telling me. And they're a big player in what they're calling the Galactic Federation. After basically vibrating out of my skin at this statement and the session comes to a close, I looked up Pleiades and very much to my surprise, Pleiades in the fucking Taurus constellation? The next day, a friend who had brought me to this mystical woman told me I should look into my astrological birth chart and what we discovered blew my mind. My sun, moon, and rising signs were all in Taurus, which to my knowledge is very rare that those three houses all have the same sign, and thus my interest in extraterrestrial beings exploded. Now, fast forward a couple of years, my friends and I are out on some of our favorite stomping grounds called Lloyd's Beach, a beautifully dark remote beach overlooking the Sacanet Sound on one side and the Atlantic Ocean. That night, I knew clear dark skies, remote location, water, and a wee bit of mushroom tea was the perfect recipe for some high strangeness activity. When we all passed the mason jar of tea around, I sat back, closed my eyes, and sent out some thoughts. Quote, if there is any beings out there right now, we are open to you showing yourselves. We mean no harm. We are in awe of your existence. And just as I sat back and took another sip, right in front of us, no more than a few hundred feet, a burst of greenish-blue fire burst just above the water like a beach ball-sized fireball. We all looked at each other, bewildered. And when we looked back towards where we saw the flames, across the Sacanaire Sound, we saw a small red-orange light almost swaying back and forth like in a lazy infinity symbol. We all started talking about what it could be, airplane? No way. With that movement pattern? Helicopter? Nope. We are close enough that the sound would travel across the water. And just as we think that, we all get the feeling we are being, tonight's theme, watched. And the light shoots up and pops. And in a predator-like telltale shimmer, a bulbous blur glows for a very brief second and disappears After our shenanigans, I thanked Lloyd and whatever beings that may have been for the experience. The next day, I hosted a meditation and contemplation gathering at a local park for my friends and a woman I had never met. And a friend uh, and a woman I had never met showed up. And I thought, cool, the Facebook event reached out further than I thought. And I got the feeling to share the experience. And the lady looked shocked. She probably thinks I'm batshit crazy, I thought. But then she reveals... She lives on the edge of the Sacanet Sound and saw the same thing that night. Now, after all of this, I'm sure you're thinking, what's up with that photo, though? It's coming up, and I'll try to be brief. Fast forward another couple years, some friends and I are returning to Lloyd's Beach for some astrophotography, and we find that a wooden bench we refer to as Lloyd's Bench that had been next to our fire pit was completely destroyed. We didn't want to leave potentially dangerous pieces of wood on the beach, so we apologized to Lloyd and burned it. While the bench was burning, I decided to take a photo, the same one that is attached. And what do I see in it that makes my skin vibrate? 
what looks like the spirit of Lloyd sitting in the bench through the smoke in the exact spot where we found the broken pieces. That's all for my mixed mash of a story. Keep on keeping on, boys. And thank you for your weekly antics and topics of strange, esoteric, and spooky. Wow, thank you for that wonderful letter. Uh, yeah, that wow. is... If if you zoom in on this photo... I'm going to go look at, at it right now. what looks like the smoke. I mean, it really... You yeah. really can make out like a, an image of somebody sitting there. Like you can see. Oh, there's a the face there. And then down, you can see hands sitting on knees oh, the laps near the flames. God. Yeah, it is. That's, that's giving me goosebumps, dude. I, yeah. Yeah. I wish I wish you guys were with me so you could point because I don't see it, but I'm bad. Like at... zoom right into the like the, the peak of right the past fire. the tip of the flame. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a figure sitting zoom up in the background. Up. You can yeah, but it, it gets pixelated. Well, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, 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 yeah. Tip of the flame, tip of the flame. Dun, I know dun. what you're, I, I believe it. There's something weird about this flame for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, you go up, look, so look at what looks like smoke. Don't look at the flame. Yeah, I'm looking it, at the smoke above it. Now that smoke actually looks like a figure of somebody sitting on the other side of the fire. I just I just texted a Filting zoom in to head. our to our text chain. Look at look at this. Uh, mm. You can really see the head when you take a picture of it. Oh God! There you go. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. That's Lloyd. It's that's got like a, one that, of those. That's not a person sitting on across. No, no, no. no. that's oh, ghost oh, smoke. Oh my God! I okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. What the? Okay, that's crazy, okay. Right? Okay, that I looks like to... a picture of a person. That looks that's okay, Lloyd. I, this is this is the first time in my life, Look, age forty six. Wait, let her. This let... is this is a picture of a ghost. Yeah. There is never ever in my life have I seen this. Is it? This is I've finally seen a picture of a ghost. There I believe you. I see it. Hands this is fucking based. mental. I'm adding ghost smoke to BJ and the Shadow Bats album list. Ghost smoke. <laughs> ghost I need, smoke. I need you, Riley, Tip whatever you name. did to get that to look so. I I don't. I just said computer enhance. Wait, and zoom okay, in you need you need enhance? to you need to put this on the thing for everyone. This is the kind of proof I'm looking for, people. We yeah, got it. That's great. That's oh great. Oh my god, that's terrifying. It really is. I wonder that's if that um, shaman. Had any idea of the Pleiadians and the Galactic Federation. Uh, but that stuff comes up a lot, man. I don't and know the what to Arcturians are blue too. They're yeah. Like dimensional beings. So, so strange. Yeah. Jen, do you think there's a Galactic Federation up there just waiting for us to become a class five civilization where we stop warring with ourselves and that we can join them and move off our planet? No. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. All right. right We're going to get into it. We got two two more. Both are kind of epic. So let's get into it. Uh, All right. This listener says, this L Files email has literally taken me over a year, taken me a year to write. Wow. Good gravy. It's longer than 2020. I also apparently don't believe in capital letters. So I guess that's my millennial showing. (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, I'll let it slide this time. I don't even know where to start this story, so I guess we'll go with I live in a 120-year-old home in a historic district in downtown Greenville, South Carolina. 
Weird things happen here. Lots of random unaccounted for noises, and both my husband and I have heard a man's deep voice in our basement. Footsteps going up and down the stairs. We also have lights outside that float around the second and third stories of our house and come together. Not like UFO lights, baseball-sized spheres of light in groups of four or five that we see several times a week right outside our windows. I believe the word is orbs. They are completely colorless, and we see them in all seasons. Or maybe that is UFO. I don't know. Unclear on that. Doors swing open and slam shut. I think Bryce is right. They're orbs. And they're the heavy old solid wood doors at that one. One time I bought, I brought home a sweet potato cake from a favorite bakery. You are in South Carolina. Um, for my husband's birthday, the baker had me check the cake's message before taking the cake home so I knew it was in pristine condition. I put the cake on the counter and I walked back out to the car to get some other things. And when I got back inside, the box with the cake was opened and there were about 10 finger holes in the top of the cake. What? I was supposedly home alone, so I went next door to my neighbor's house and waited for my husband to get home. I was this close to calling 911 that time. Uh, we got out after that. Sensor, oh, we got ADT after that. See, this is why you need to capitalize, listener. So I don't, I can distinguish a typo from what you're, in, uh, uh, what you're actually trying to say. We got ADT after that. Sensors on every window, door, sliding glass doors. Really weird stuff is harder to explain, especially because it surrounds my postpartum months. So, content warning for the mention of postpartum mood disorder stuff. I had two kids in two years. They are three and almost one now. After my first son was born, I was in a deep, dark, newborn forest. One thing I really struggled with was the sep- was separation anxiety. I couldn't stand to be away from him. I could hardly even put him down. When he was only a few days old, I went to use the bathroom and carried him with me. Anyone who knows anything about those first postpartum bathroom trips knows it's a two-hand job. Rather than setting my son down somewhere safe and taking care of myself, I try to hold his small swaddled body and pee. When I stood, his swaddled unraveled and he slipped from my arms. This tiny, his tiny perfect head was probably centimeters from smashing on the porcelain of the sink right in front of me. Jesus Christ. When I swear to God, he stopped in the air at least for long enough for me to scoop him up didn't even wake from his slumber and I cried and felt so guilty. Those first four months were absolutely the most challenging ones of my life. When he woke up at night, I brought him out of his bassinet up to the bed with me to nurse. And one night when he was around three months old, I fell asleep while he was nursing in my big bed with lots of blankets and pillows, which is a big no-no nowadays. Something woke me up and it wasn't my son. It was a man at the foot of my bed shaking my foot I thought it was my husband but then I realized the man was standing at the height of just over our dresser under 6 feet tall but my husband is 6'7 so yikes instinctively I sat up and grabbed my son and checked him quickly he was fine and went out of the bedroom to find my husband who was sound asleep in front of the TV in the living room this was another almost called 911 moment but as I was explaining the situation to my husband I realized I wouldn't even have enough detail to give an officer about an intruder in uh, that I saw because I could only see the shape of a shortish, sturdy-looking man. No features of his face or clothing or anything else. There was absolutely zero evidence of anyone getting into our home besides the fact that we have a ridiculous alarm system and a ferocious 10-pound sheepoo. 
So the morning, so the next morning, I made an appointment to ask my doctor for a referral to a psychiatrist. Between the bathroom sink almost incident, uh, almost incident, and seeing a man in my bedroom, I decided I needed myself, I uh, needed to get myself nice and evaluated. Something paranormal just didn't even cross my mind. I thought I might be suffering from postpartum psychosis because I had zero explanation for the man at the foot of my bed experience. No, it was not sleep paralysis. All clear in that department. Although the spirit of full dis- in the spirit of full disclosure, I was diagnosed with postpartum mood disorder. Uh, after the separation anxiety and therapy and Zoloft got me feeling right again. Well, it might have leveled out my hormones and given me better coping strategies for anxiety. But the strangeness in our home persists. All right, we're about to get really weird. For this next part, I actually have to go way back to 2007 in the house I grew up in. I was headed to prom and my mom decided to let me wear a pair of heirloom pearl earrings. They were old, very old, and they had these really funky backs that I couldn't get get on myself. I handed both earrings to my mom for help and in the transfer, one dropped. We were standing in my parents' I'm sorry to say this, listener. You got some butterfingers. Um, <laughs> Jen's muted, but she's laughing. Um, <laughs> I tried to look for the earring that we lost. We pulled out the fridge, uh, the range, opened every drawer and cabinet, pulled out the dishwasher. We even looked down the drain of the sink. Nobody could find that earring. Please note that we only lost one. Wherever she had... Uh, Whenever she had a little downtime, she'd hop up and say, I'm going to go look for the earring. And off she would go, tearing up the house in search of the pearl. About five years later, my parents moved out of that house, empty nesters, leaving the burbs and moving out to the country. On the day they left, we all went to say goodbye to our home of 30 years. And my mom mentioned looking for the earring one more time. She has never been a quitter. She went through the barren house, but came back out empty-handed once again. All of this will matter soon, I promise summer of 2020 i was heavily pregnant with my second son he wasn't uh, a quarantine baby but he was a much too wine at thanksgiving baby but by summer covid but by summer <laughs> jen you gotta unmute yourself these laugh we need the laugh track <laughs> sorry just didn't want that candy noise but i no, love it um uh uh sorry uh uh okay uh but by summer covid times were upon us and things were weird and After one very hot August day, I woke up in the middle of the night and I knew I was in labor. I was trying to let my husband get a few hours of sleep before waking him up and going to the hospital, especially since we had to wait for my parents to get to our house to stay with our oldest son and our dog. I was packing my hospital bag, writing out my son's schedule, etc. when I decided to soak in the tub because contradictions were really picking up. Oh, contractions were really picking up. (laughs) Um, I'm like sweating getting through this email. After the bath, I wanted to put my engagement and wedding bands in my jewelry box instead of wearing them to the hospital. I reach up to the top of my closet and retrieve the small jewelry jewelry box where I keep my rings when I need to take them off. This jewelry box was a wedding gift, and it's tiny. It's specifically for rings. It is always totally empty unless I am putting my rings in it. When I open the box, a set of pearl earrings both the one I lost and the one I thought my mom had still were in the fucking jewelry box. That's no. crazy. What? The jewelry box that was otherwise empty that I didn't even own until 2017 when I got married? What the fuck is that? Distracted by growing labor pains, I couldn't really grasp that at the time how strange this was. 
After my son was born later that day, I called my mom and asked her to go get my jewelry box and look inside and tell me what she saw. I was not about to sound crazy. She freaked the fuck out over the pearls. She, like, she hardly even cared to hear about her new grandson in the moment. She still... <laughs> She still has them. They are back safely in her own jewelry box. We have no way of explaining how the tiny treasure was found or put in my jewelry box. 13 years after it was lost in a house, my parents had long since left. Now, every now and then at family dinners or when we're all together, it will get quiet and someone will just go, hey, are you all thinking about that earring again? (laughs) Nobody has been able to come up with a plausible explanation. Is it my weird house? We don't know. I've never had much interest in the paranormal until moving here and having so many of these strange happenings. So now I'm always seeking solidarity. My husband and I are both lifelong atheists. We have no religious symbols or items in our home. Neither of us believe uh, in life or consciousness after death. But this house has had us rethinking our worldview. Besides the security system, we also have several other things checked that can sometimes explain paranormal effects like carbon monoxide gas, electric, (laughs) etc. And everything is up to code. I started listening to podcasts because hearing other people talk about their own experiences allow me to convince myself that it's not just me or be thankful that at least it's not aliens. Well, I hate to tell you. Maybe <laughs> aliens. Uh, what? Things, aliens? Weird things. It could be interdimensional entities. Weird things happen all the time in our house, almost daily. We haven't been brave enough to do anything like set up cameras or any sort of paranormal investigation. I tried burning sage, but I felt like a basic bitch, and I don't think I did it right. <laughs> For all the weirdness, we don't have bad feelings here. We love it. The noises can be scary, but they also are easy to explain away most of the time. The worst thing that's ever happened was that ruined sweet potato cake. But if either of our boys starts talking to the corner of the room or a person we can't see, we will be out of here lickety split. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, oh, did I mention? I don't know. You may have. We live on the same block as the town's oldest funeral home and some crematorium and only crematorium. Oh, no. Oh, well, we do. I have no idea what criteria produces a haunting like ours, if that's even what we're dealing with. But certainly a nearby funeral home crematorium is on the rubric. Kisses, Lindsay. P.S. I love all your work and graces, too. Mike, my dad and I think Steve Nolan is the funniest character to have ever been on te- on television. You are excellent. Thank you. Bryce, my husband, and I love Expedition Bigfoot. Great. Riley, you are so beautiful, I couldn't even watch the Patreon videos. Seriously, what's it like being God's favorite human? <laughs> love y'all. Keep up the great work. Jeez. Wow. wow. Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> wow, so much to unpack here. Uh, what I love about this this letter is she's just so pragmatic. You know what I mean? She's, there's not a lot of fluff here. She's like, what did the doctor I'm checking? I'm checking if shit happens, there's gotta be a logical explanation. And uh, it sounds like she's been stymied by the logical explanations of the weirds goings on at her home. And uh, you know, I look, the world is a strange and mysterious place. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, when when I was listening to this, you know, sometimes you might hear a ghost story and you just get kind of a bad feeling. It's this darkness. This this was lightness. You know, the baby Mm. got saved. Mm -hmm. Um, Earring reappeared. There's lots of love. I don't know what the guy was shaking her foot, but that could have been a little benign love. Like, Like, hey, good job. Hey, don't fall asleep with your baby in your lap. 
Yeah, you know? I, I just feel like there's maybe some a lot of protection in that house. Like that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like real loving spirits, like that are really happy. There's so much life and love in that house, and and, uh, and remember, this like is it. multiple houses. So uh, I mean, the earring. Oh, yes, that's true. In a different house, so maybe this. Maybe this is like a protective entity or something hanging out, watching over your family. Yeah, it gave me a guardian angel feeling. And you know what I liked about this, like what you said, um, Bryce, that had that practicality to it. And I just think on a small level, the mystery of everything is uh, I didn't know she was going to write that letter and that you were going to read it. And I was going to be on this episode and I came in hot going, everyone go to therapy. You see a ghost, go to therapy. And I love that she was like, I went to therapy. I love when things sync Mm -hmm. up like that. Like whatever that is, that's interesting. So there you go. No, it's such such a great point. Yeah, see, it's so synchronicitous too. Look, Mm -hmm. I love when people's worldviews shift just a tiny bit and a window opens into just, "Eh, maybe there's something to it. I love that. When you allow a little bit of mystery into your life, it just gets better. Uh, I think. All righty. Well, we got one more. It's another doozy. Jen Kirkman, bring us home. (coughs) I've got got my water on hand. Okay. I'm reading it off my computer. So sorry if my face looks weird while doing it. I'm not as beautiful as Riley. (laughs) I'm so self-conscious now. I can't even just like, don't look at yourself. (laughs) You might be dazzled by what you're doing. Stop staring at yourself. The whole Zoom. Um, Okay. Ooh, this is fun. I love the title already. I've always wanted to visit this place anyway. Evil Spirit on the Queen Mary. Oh. Hey, Big Book Collectors Club boys and guests. That's me, Jen. Thanks. I have many strange experiences that I could share, but I'll start with one from six years ago that I've put off writing about because to this day, thinking about this experience for too long still keeps me up at night. (laughs) As it's 8.45 p.m. here, um, this is Jen now, butting into the letter. I will be up all night. Anywho, back to the letter. (laughs) This story took place on the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California, where my mom and I have gone many times over the years because of our interest in the haunted history of the ship. We've had a few unexplainable experiences there, including one shared auditory experience, just like your story from the last L Files about hearing a pub in a deserted tunnel. That happened to me. And a listener, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, nothing shook me up the way this experience did. We signed up for a ghost hunting tour that takes place late at night after the rest of the ship has closed. To clarify, this is not one of the daytime tours where special effects are running. It's meant to be as authentic of a ghost hunting experience as possible. And you're warned at the outset that it's very unlikely anything paranormal will happen but you'll still get to see some interesting, supposedly haunted locations. After a quick tutorial on how to use the ghost hunting gear, basic electronics like an EMF meter, and low-tech things like dowsing rods, which I specifically said I don't believe in because of the high possibility of user interference, we headed down into the engine rooms. There were maybe a dozen other people on our tour, including a middle-aged woman and her friend or girlfriend who had signed up together. Everyone on the tour seemed friendly and excited. Down in the engine room, we had 15 minutes to walk around solo and try the equipment we'd chosen before reconvening in the center. 
I think I used the AMF. The middle-aged woman used the dousing rods. Excuse me, sorry. When our group came together again, no one had had any really crazy experiences aside from average things like cold spots. That's when I started to notice a change in the woman who'd been using the dousing rods. She was standing beside me in the group and she looked uncomfortable, maybe nauseous, like she might be ill. At this point, I was just worried that she might vomit or have something contagious, and I had the overwhelming urge to get away from her. I chalked it up to my germ phobia, but I couldn't shake my anxiety at being next to her. A couple minutes later, the woman went to move past me and my mom. As she did, she made eye contact with me, and for some reason, I felt sudden dread. Not just from germ phobia, but real dread. Her eyes seemed almost vacant as she stared right at me. I really wanted to get away from this woman. She moved to stand at the other side of my mom. The next day when my mom mentioned this woman, she also reported, unprompted, that the woman made eye contact with her too. And my mom also felt sudden, overwhelming dread at how empty her eyes looked. My mom said she felt like the woman was going to hurt her, even though she had by all accounts been a mild-mannered, nice middle-aged woman when we met earlier in the tour. My mom and I both independently used the same point of comparison for the woman looked at us, for the way the woman looked at us. We compared it to the woman from the Doctor Who episode, Midnight, who gets inhabited by a life form and can't speak without stealing someone else's consciousness. If you've seen that episode, you'll know exactly why her eyes felt so unsettling. That's when the group heard a whistling sound from the other end of the engine room. The tour guide and one other person from the group went to investigate and make sure it wasn't a lost tourist or a security guard messing with us. They came back and reported that no one was there. The tour guide started telling us about how the spot we were standing in was known for giving his tours auditory experiences from time to time, specifically the spot I was standing next to, where the woman had just been. About a minute later, the woman started to softly groan. The rest of the group suddenly noticed that she didn't seem to be feeling well. The tour guide asked if she was all right. The woman didn't respond with words. She just groaned and then collapsed. The other woman she came with started to panic. There was a nurse in our group who asked the friend or the girlfriend of if this woman had any history of medical problems like seizures or diabetic shock. She said no, she'd never seen anything like this happen to her friend in all the years she'd known her. The woman who'd collapsed was still not responding to any questions. Instead, she was making sounds. I don't really know how to describe the sounds other than it sounded like groaning, but it did not sound like it was coming from her. (laughs) It was a deeper sound, almost like she was trying to growl and couldn't quite get the sound out. I don't like to think about those sounds. The tour guide sent someone to get the security guard outside the room to call for the ship's medics. Meanwhile, he and the nurse in the group tried to get the woman to regain consciousness from whatever state she was in. Her eyes were open the whole time, but she seemed completely unaware of anything around her, just frozen on the floor making those sounds. And then suddenly, she was fine. She blinked. The sound stopped. She sat up and spoke to the other woman, asking what was wrong. The last thing she remembered was coming back from the solo explorations. She insisted that she felt fine, just a little disoriented. 
and she didn't understand what had happened to her. Nothing similar had ever happened to her before. When the security guard arrived with help, the woman and her friend left with them, with her seeming perfectly lucid and able to walk on her own minutes after being barely conscious on the ground. She was still insisting that she felt completely normal and didn't understand how or why she'd collapsed. She had no memory of feeling ill in the lead up to it all. Could it have been a sudden seizure or some other medical issue the woman didn't know she had? I guess so. But the nurse in our group was shaken up and said she'd never seen anything quite like that before, especially in someone with no history of seizures. We were all feeling rattled, even the tour guide who was used to strange experiences. I remember him saying, I have some guess about what we just saw, but I really don't want to say after she was gone. Over the course of that three-hour tour, the two, uh, two other groups had to leave the tour because of sudden medical emergencies. One man started experiencing trouble breathing, even though he had no history of asthma or other chronic issues. He thought maybe it was a panic attack. He said he'd felt sudden dread just before it happened. Half an hour later, another man with no medical history experienced the same thing, reporting that he felt like his throat was closing. The security guards said they'd never had to call for the medic so many times in one night. All three people who got ill had been using the dousing rods. The tour guide put the rods away and wouldn't allow anyone else to use them for the rest of the night. There were no further... That's it! No more rods! (laughs) The rods are done! (laughs) By chance, I'd been recording audio on my phone at the time the woman collapsed. But I was too afraid to listen to that voice memo for months afterward. When I did, the groaning sounds didn't sound exactly the way I'd remembered, like the phone hadn't picked it all up. Thinking maybe I'd remembered it worse than it was, I asked my mom to describe that experience with the woman again, and unprompted, she said, I remember she didn't sound like herself when she was making those noises. I didn't listen to it again for years because even the audio I did pick up was too unnerving. Last year, I had the urge to listen to it again. Maybe I wanted to convince myself that it wasn't really as bad as I remembered. When I went to find the recording, all my other voice memos from over the years were still there, but that file from that night was gone. Anyway, that's my Queen Mary L file. Thanks for the great show and for giving people a space to share their experiences. Love you guys. Wow. Wow. Cool. Thank you for that wonderful letter. That reminds me of Donna Lynn's story about being uh, in the uh, haunted museum that Zach Baggin has in Vegas. Oh yeah, there was like some weird. He's oh got right, those, right, like, haunted yeah. Artifacts. That was that it... that's this is like the opposite of of the character in the that found the pearl earring. I don't like whatever this is. Yeah, it was like it got dark again. That that is. Uh... Don't fuck around with that shit. No. I mean, well, guaranteed way to. Rods? Oh yeah, that's a so... good question. Dousing rods are L-shaped. Uh, they could be metal rods y- or even they were Y-shaped. Well, they could be Y-shaped or they could be, you could have two of them that are like in the shape of an oh, L. That's true. That's Either right. way, you hold way. them in both hands and old pine in old frontier towns and, and uh, settlers, they used to use them to find water. They, you know, so the, the, the rods would, when they're holding them, they hold them parallel and when they find water, they would walk around. A lot of people thought it was superstition, but I'll be damned, did, mm. did they work? And when they would come across water, the rods would cross, right? Yeah. So 
Yeah, the user does play a, a role. It's like it's it's almost as if your subconscious is tapping into a, a nearby energy mm. source, whether it be water or whatever, and then the the rods will will sort of move. And uh, or if it was a Y one, it would point down to the ground. It would. That's it would, what I was uh, thinking, would, but I forgot. It so it's down. like a it's like a Ouija board phenomenon. Kind it's of like thing. a Ouija board for energy, exactly. Only you hold them in your hand, and they're and, uh, very they're, crazy. They supposedly, like react to stuff, and I know they use it in paranormal. Um, hmm. I don't like it because I feel like you're making yourself a conductor almost for yeah. things to come into you. But how do you get them out? Oh, that's that's a that's a great analogy for it. Yeah, it's it sounds like it, they became a power source for whatever sort of evil entity was was you know roaming around on that ship. Yeah, the Queen Mary. It's it's known to be haunted and not in a great way. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say too is like guaranteed way to piss off a ghost is to like have nightly tour groups. You know, so it's like, <laughs> like of course that ghost is gonna like right. cause some seizures. You know, it's just totally. like enough. Like not yeah. again. Your fucking dowsing rods coming in here. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I, I love all this strange shit, aliens, UFOs, mysticism, esoterica, but it's like that the idea of that that possession, you know, just Oof. fucks with, I don't like it. I don't mm-hmm. like it. Uh, it sounds like that's what took place, a little bit of a little micro possession there. Yeah. Any of that speaking in tongues kind of vibe too, mm, the like yeah. grunting, the blah, 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 kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. oh God, no, no please no. never. I mean, if you're going to do a haunted tour like that, you should, you know, find some sort of protection, whether it's, you know, herbs, some herbs and spices, brute, brute cologne or uh, a smacks body a giant, spray. I'm bringing a giant <laughs> cross with me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Carry it on your back. I yeah, wonder if it's totally. like the ghost of someone who had like some kind of, you know, bizarre olden times bowel disease or God. seasickness. Like maybe it's just old timey sickness they were getting. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm would just you... trying to clear the air of Soften devil thoughts. <laughs> would you ever do a go- would you ever do a ghost tour, Jen? Oh yeah, I love that stuff. I I'd yeah. be freaking out, but I'd love it. Yeah. That's no right. one John, else would Ten- John Tenney wants to take us all on a ghost tour. He's yeah, even uh, yeah, that would be fun. Something like that. I've never done one like a like a real legit one. It'd be pretty fun. I would have to have like a a very big trust. Like nobody can fuck with me. Yeah. And if I have to run out, I have to run, run out. out. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen Jen run out of a room before. Now that I think about it, <laughs> you have. We went Disney to uh, we went to Disneyland, Disneyland and we're at California Adventure. <laughs> Have we told this story on the podcast? Before? I don't think so. I don't know. So embarrassing. I've never heard it. Jen and I, I were in, I, I I were in Disneyland. I have a panic attack. And I was like, I can't even risk it. Jen, Jen and I were at Disneyland. <laughs> we, went to, we were at Soarin' Over California. And and <laughs> I, and I because she's like, won't do any of the thrill rides. And if you've ever been on Soaring, it does. It, so lame. You are in like, you're in like ski lift chairs almost. At like They lift you maybe five feet off the ground. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a ski very, lift in front of an IMAX screen, right? It's just yeah. a pretty, like you're flying over California or the world. It's so fun. It's so relaxing. And we, I got her all the way in the room. Uh, we were with another friend of mine. And um, we're just about to like sit down and buckle up. When, what was it that caught your attention? You were just like, wait a minute, what's happening? I have to buckle in. And then like. We sat down and I go, oh. It, everything you were saying to describe how pleasant it was was making it worse. Like, no, you feel like you're flying. I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to feel that way. And we sat down and I was like, I think I'm going to 
no, I'm going to go. And I just, and then there was a man next to me because there was a child next to me. And he literally was like, you're scaring my child. I think, I feel like he said you're scared. And I was like, I'm going to (laughs) go. And you're like, Jan, it's fine. It looked like we'd have to kind of fight or something. Like the lights were about to go (laughs) down. Like you were in more danger of getting hit in the head by this machine. She just ran right out, ran right out of the room. That's the beauty of a panic attack. If I had thought to bring like, Xanax or Clonopin or something with me that day, I could have popped one and been fine. But those yeah. kind of sensations, they they induce like a weird panic attack. Yeah. And if I'm stuck up there, you're gonna have to deal with me hyperventilating. No. Going, she was also <laughs> she also piloted the Millennium Falcon, and then I felt like was hitting everything. And then after we got done, I was like, "Well, how was that?" And you were like, "I don't know. I had my eyes closed the entire time." <laughs> I was like, "I wonder crash, crashing into everything. You're supposed to be driving." <laughs> yeah, I'm not fun to take to stuff like that, even though I'm having fun in my own weird way. So I'll probably time. be awful to now. Go I imagine like two you like young kids in the back, like who got to do like the 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 gunner buttons, and they're like jealous that Jen has the pilot seat, and she's. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I waited all line to be the pilot. <laughs> my Jen. eyes were shut. It was so realistic. Oh my goodness! Pretty you cool. really feel like you're in space. Well, I'm... Godmother, uh, <laughs> yeah. what would you like to plug for everybody? Where can people find you and find your work? Uh, well, just follow my podcast. It's called No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast. Every Wednesday comes out for free. They can listen, and uh, I have a new podcast coming out in in the fall about anxiety and i'm sure many people would love to listen to it yeah but it's not coming out till october 6th so stay tuned i'll plug it then yeah fantastic bryce riley anything to plug no nothing bryce i mean just Uh, follow me on instagram uh peace drone um you can see more more pictures of me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or Woo. not, because it's too much to Just, handle. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, you know, that, really, that really caught me off guard, I got to say. Um, yes. And then, you know, just, I mean, you're pr- you could be watching this episode if you're not watching it. You, you could join our, the Patreon, the other side. And I really think you would enjoy it. You could see all these these lovely people here with me having a lovely time. And so much more. So join, join, join the Patreon. You won't regret it. I promise. Mm-mm. Amen. Sounds good. Follow hey. me at McMills on Instagram. Bryce, what do you got? Oh, I was just going to say, if you're getting back together with friends again and you're vax and looking for a good social night, try my game, Dirty Picture Cover Up. Uh, just go to the dpcugame.com. Get yours. I mean, I'm, I promise you, you will never laugh so hard. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, get those game nights going again. Speaking of laughing, guys, everyone smile for the camera because I need to get a picture for our Instagram. Oh, yeah. I always hate the, yeah, you always always forget. Here we go. One, two, three. (laughs) All right. Got it. Uh, (laughs) Great. That's awesome. Jen, we're actually going to stick around and thank some patrons. You can pop, you can go away now, or you're welcome to hang out and eat more candy if you want to. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go do some, some things before bed. Great. Sage. Good luck. Right. Yeah. Love y'all. Exactly. Jen, thank you so much. We love you so much. Thank you. Hudson, thank you, Jen. Miss you guys. Bye. Mm, mm. Bye. Uh, I'll email you the thing, the audio file. Yeah, we are. Video. Oh, good. Recording resumed. Got it. All right. Well, we just say goodbye to Jen. Um, and we're gonna do some Patreon shout outs. These are thank you to all the people who joined us since our 
last uh, L Files episode. So, boys, get ready with your thank yous because here we go. Kennedy Ray. Thank you. Gavin Lockley. Thank you. Derek Hill. Thanks, Derek. Ben T. Thanks, Ben. Peyton Call. Thank you. Mary Vicky. Thank you. Hannah Blecker. Thank you. Carlos Moran. Thank you. Annie Kyle Pollock. Thank you, Annie. Hannah. Thanks. Mike Levy. Thank you. Floyd Rock. Thanks, Floyd. Maybe my favorite name on the list. Shana Smith. (laughs) Thanks, Shana. Allison. Thank you, Allison. Dallas Cordell. Thank you. Ryan, uh, Dylan Brib. Thank you. Anna. Thank you, Anna. Sarah. Thank you. Kylie McCormick. Thank you, Kylie. Joe. Thanks, Joe. Peasant. Thank you, Peasant. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah Somerville. Thank you. Cara Ross. Thank you. Tho Papa Dugan. (laughs) Thank you, Tho Papa. Steven Guerrero. Thanks, Steven. Mike Minnick. Thank you. Ashley. Thanks. Rob. Thanks. Helena Newberry Grabbed. Thank you, Helena. Meg Oak. Thanks, Meg. Melami Arbus. Thank you. Travis Whitlock. Thanks, Travis. Did Santos. Thank you. Maria Vangelston. Thank Urban you. Ben Gettleston. Thanks either way. Probably got that one wrong. I'm sorry, Maria. GG. Thank you. Anthony Golden. Thanks, Anthony. Stephen Coombs. Or Thanks, Combs. Stevens. Brandon Lee. Thank you. Chance. Thanks, Chance. Laner Boo. Thank you. Glenn Spaulding. Thank you. Dexter 47. Thank you, Dexter. Andrew Leslie. Thanks, Andrew. Rob Ritter. Thanks, Rob. Trevor Fountain. Thank you, Trevor. I think it was actually Trevi Fountain, and then my it autocorrected it. So Trevi Fountain, thank you. Thanks, Trevi. Uh, it's the famous three coins in a fountain. Uh, Christina Estrada. Thank you. Courtney Dale Noel Michener. Thank you. Uh, maybe that's two people. Maybe it's Courtney Dale and Noel Michener. Uh, thank you either way. Thank yeah. you both. Aaron Bletch. Thank you. Derek Culpa-Winger. Thanks, Derek. Elijah Ball. Thanks, Elijah. Sabrina Android. Thank you, Sabrina. Sophie Rubio. Thank you, Sophie. Josh Harrison. Thanks, Josh. Alex Northrup. Thank you. Aaron Corey. Thank you. Kim Van Horn. Thanks, Kim. Adam Smith. Thanks, Adam. Emily Lockhart. Thank you. Marie Manga uh Marie Mang Magompit. That's what Thank it is. You, Marie Magompit. Thank you, Marie M. E V. Thanks, E V. Yvonne. Now it says Yvonne Broken, and I feel like that is a um autocorrect that I didn't catch. So I'm gonna say Yvonne. Thank you, Th- Yvonne. Thank you. Jessica Cooper. Thank you. Keenan Derby. Thanks, Keenan. Jude Temple. Thank you, Jude. Shelby Barlow. Thank you. Lydia Fleshman. Thank you, Lydia. Eric Beasley. Thanks, Eric. Daniel Mar- Marion. Thank you. David McGreevy. Thank you. <laughs> and Dunst. Thanks, Dunst. 
Thanks, Dumps. Thanks, everybody. Wow. wow. So many. Like God, so you guys many. are the best. Patreons. Yes. Thank welcome. you, Patreons. Yes, welcome. You'll so enjoy it. You are Thank saving you Bigfoot Collectors Club. And the entire sure. patron system. And the entire patron system. All right, everybody. If you stuck around this long, we'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Until then, good night. And go get regressed. All right. That was good. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.